Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. I'm Melissa Ivey, and I am so excited that it is Lauren Berlingeri week. Did I say that right? Your last yes, name? Yes, you did. Uh, thank you. The other day I corrected someone, and I felt so good about myself. I heard <laughs> every name in the book, and I just roll with it. That's nice. That's good. I have recently, this is so weird about me. Fun fact about Melissa today <laughs> is that I've prided myself recently on pronouncing people's names right and correcting people when they're wrong, but only when people ask, I'm not like a jerk. Um, and so the other day I was sitting with someone, I don't remember who it was, but it was someone on staff and I, we just said Berlin Jerry back and forth so many times to each other <laughs> until I was satisfied with the way they said it. And I'm like, I'm not, this isn't even my name. <laughs> like. <laughs> Maybe, well, yeah. with my hick accent, I don't even say my first name correctly, and it's easier than my last name. Like, I say Lauren, and my mom gets so mad at me. She's like, that is not what I named you. Your what name, she name has you? an A-U in it, so it's Lauren. Oh, my. And I'm just like, hee-haw, Lauren. I say Lauren. <laughs> yes. I guess I say your first name wrong. <laughs> I do, too, so it's okay. That's so funny. Man. Man, what a fun tangent we could. I think it's because my last name for so long was so hard to say, Rinkama, and people always said it wrong. Mm-hmm. I want. I just want to help everyone who has the same problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, anywho, so today Lauren has agreed to let me interview her and to share her story and for me to just get to ask her questions for the world to listen back to. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so an easy one first. We're just going to do a, an easy get to know you question. And so Lauren, tell us about the type of shows you watch. So I'm very much into crime and techie shows or sci-fi. And when I say sci-fi, <laughs> you know, everyone's first instinct is like, do you love Star Wars? News flash. Bad news um, Bad news. Um, I have watched maybe like 10 minutes of the first Star Wars. <laughs> That's almost worse than not I, seeing any of I it. I know. Please, please do not come after me. But Preston Jiggy is it. <laughs> I know. One of my coworkers is like a big Star Wars fanatic. And yeah, just, Gabby. We did a yes, podcast Gabby, on Star yes. Wars. <laughs> just, you know, kind of a little subtle like glare and like a little twitch. You know, that's okay. But when I say techie, <laughs> I'm thinking like AI, like Black Mirror, like conspiracy like they're listening to you through technology because I'm in they social are. media and that's know, true I, did you watch it. the social dilemma documentary I did did you already know all of that since you're in social media or did you learn new things I have a lot of thoughts about that documentary really I I can see it from a perspective in social media and it is a lot of psychology but yeah. I also feel like a lot of it was very oh what's the word um sensationalized in a lot of ways um so if you ever want to have a conversation about that just let me know i'm intrigued now we'll talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome awesome so never seen star wars but like sci-fi yes so that's okay i think they are watching us so as much as we can it's like play therapy where children play through scenarios to try and understand them i feel like (laughs) crime and and ai taking over documentaries or us trying to do play therapy to work through the fact that we're always being listened to by our cell phones you know oh i know Um, and i'm one of those people like on my laptop i have a little camera coverage just because you never know and yeah it's not like i'm doing anything wrong i'm an open book yeah obviously i work in social media right. like let it out for i the like world, the jokes but- about um you know if there's like a, if everyone has like a government agent assigned to them to watch them you know <laughs> you're just like oh hey, what's that up, george you know, <laughs> yes that poor agent just watching me like cuddle my cats every night watching <laughs> right, like right listening to the weirdest things yes, yeah, yeah. like man yeah. that must be a time yeah yeah <laughs> anyway i don't think that one's true because that would require a lot of manpower and i don't think we have it but anyway 
um, fun things. Conspiracy theories are always fun to, to <laughs> go down the rabbit trail of. Man, there's been many a times I've been lost in a Google search of uh, very random conspiracy theories. So. Oh, I do that. Or like when I watch like a true crime documentary oh, yeah. like on Netflix, are, yeah. you know, I'll Google something and I'll just like keep clicking and clicking and yeah. you'll get down the road and it's yeah. not even related to mm-hmm. the first thing I yeah. was watching the documentary our, about. Our generation's fascination with serial killers is, is, <laughs> is interesting. <laughs> yeah, just a little it's, bit. It's, we, could, we don't need to dive into that too deep. <laughs> Take it just out of the surface we're, thing. You know, all the things, you know, we're at church. This is really yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Lauren, time to learn more about you. Ooh. So <laughs> when did you start going to church? So I am one of those people who kind of have always been going to church um, with my grandparents and like went to a couple different churches like when I was younger with them. But it wasn't until the second grade when I had a friend invite me to the Methodist church in my hometown. It was a Palm Sunday and that's when we truly like because we had kind of like broken off in between and that's when I was the one who went and then my family started coming along with me. Oh, yeah. But I would say I've always grown up in the church, but like having like an actual church home, mm-hmm. you know, second grade was kind of that pinpoint. And you moment. brought your family along to church with you. Yes. That's so fun. I love stories of, I mean, the stories of the parents bringing the kids to church is of course wonderful. Yes. But the stories of the kid being the one that brings the family along to church, I think it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. So when would you say your relationship with Jesus became personal? Um... See, that's another—it's a hard one, too, because, you know, growing up and, like, being involved in the church, it's kind of like the checklist thing. You know, like, I thought it Mm. was personal, but it got way more personal once I went to college. And I thought I was going somewhere where everyone was kind of like, the church can't buy because I thought, you know, it was supposed— to be a Christian college and that like we'd all be like helping each other and lifting each other all up all the time. And that was not the case. And so that's kind of when I truly had to learn like to rely on him, like when I was completely alone in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think college does a lot to firm or break someone's faith. Yes. Not break. You're just, you truly choose. Am I going to believe this or not? Exactly. You know, I hear a lot of people like, oh, college is kind of when I strayed away and then later on like came back. But but I would say that was the de- like defining moment. And then especially the summer after my college is just kind of when everything like flip-flop turned and it was just weird. It was just like a light bulb flicked. I'm like, you know, I've always been following him or so I thought, but I'm like, this, like, this is it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I love good aha moments like that. Yeah. So um, how would you, or what are the places you say you would struggle the most that you need God for in your life? Hmm. Um, Well, it's funny because you're like, we were talking about expectations and, you know, growing up, it was everything to do with expectations. Um, You know, I grew up in a small town and it's kind of like a certain way of life. It's just kind of like the American dream. Like, okay, you're going to grow up and Mm. you're going to live like this. You're going to marry your high school sweetheart. You're going to go back 
you're going to go to college, you're going to get this degree, you're going to come back, you're going to run the family business that's been in their family for five generations, you're going to have 2.5 kids. And that was the expectation that I grew up with. Not necessarily that like my parents wanted for me, but like the town as a whole. And so like, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but it was like very much Mm. like a bubble. That's all you knew. Yeah, it's, it's all I knew growing up. And then, you know, I was always curious about the world. And then so like, not necessarily that I wanted that expectation. That's not the life I really wanted to live. But then going to college, like I had an expectation of like how my college years is going to pan out and like what I was going to be involved in and like, well, leadership positions and yada, yada Mm, and the job I was going to work and whatever. And God was like, Lauren, (laughs) you just wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So expectations, what a sometimes a lovely thing, sometimes a nasty thing. Yes. Um, for sure. So what would you say the main expectations that were placed on you or are currently placed on you? I would say the expectations growing up was just kind of fitting uh, a certain mold. Hmm. And that's one of the like most beautiful things I love about God is that we're all made in the image of God, but yet we are all so unique and, you know, beautiful and I have so many creative ideas and I felt like that was just always like having to distinguish and like you have to yeah. do it this way and this is how you should be. And I was like, but I don't hmm. want to be like that. And I don't feel like that's how God created me. And I don't feel like I, if I go down that path that I'd be using the spiritual gifts that I need to like, um, you know, further his kingdom. Like I, I don't yeah. feel like that would have been it. Yeah. No. Awesome. When did you first kind of clue in to like, this was the mold there? Like, was it high school, college when you're like, wait, this isn't the mold I want to fit? Yeah, I would say it was like beginning of high school, but it was hard just because I felt like I was the only one mm-hmm. in the beginning that felt like that. And then now that I have like more talks with people that I've graduated, I mean, there's some people have gone back with that mold, but there's other people that are like, completely understand like where you're coming from. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. And isn't this, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the story of how you got started working here at Asbury kind of like the story of breaking expectations and God leading you to different things or? Um, it was very interesting because like w- growing up, you know, I always like felt God calling me to be in communications and like work in the church, but it, it was all in this timing and different things. And so like the summer after college, I went and worked at a homeless camp in Atlanta. And so I totally thought, I'm like, okay, this is where, you know, God has been calling me to work at this church in Atlanta. And then after the summer, I had interviewed at another church and he wants me to stay here. And this is the plan. And, you know, I'm supposed to start at this place now. And it was so weird. It was like up until like, and then I was like interviewing. And then there's like one night God was like, go to the chapel. And I was like, okay. And we just had a good old conversation. And, you know, I just walked in and I was like, you got, God tells me this is not the place. And so like, Hmm. that was really hard because I thought I had that expectation of what God yeah, it's, it's so hard to figure then. out what's yes. next. And then you're like, okay, I know what to expect for the next couple of years. And then it's like, nope. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. and then after that, like I went and worked like in the business world, like I was working at an agency part-time, had nothing to do with like Christian ministry or at all, nothing to do with Jesus. You know, I was also working part-time at a restaurant, but it was 
crazy how God used that period in my life where I was like, why did you call me back? Like for him as well. Um, and so then like it, it all had to be into his timing, you know, because I had the expectation of where I was going to start. And then, you know, it came up to the point where I'd been praying about it for such a long time. I was like, you know, God, I feel like I'm ready. And, but, you know, all in this timing and, you know, when it's right and it's your plan, then, you know, go for it. And it just happened to be, I was telling that to my old youth pastor at a wedding one weekend. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll be praying for you. And by Monday, he had <laughs> Daniel's <laughs> Facebook post. He had tagged me into it. And here I am. And so <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Looking back, like how it's all connected and, um, how God's worked through it all. But I definitely like struggle with, okay, I think the ex expectations coming on me, but yeah, I need to give it up and give it to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so easy to put that pressure on us to make the plan and have the way and all these mm -hmm. things. Um, and just giving that to God is yeah. easier said than done. Yes. So what main expectations do you nowadays put on yourself most often? Ooh, I would say working hard. Mm. I I hate disappointing people. Mm, and yeah. um, I think everyone's always doing so great. And I have to sometimes remember that there is just one of me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, I have the expectation of disappointment and working hard. And that has to come kind of like growing up in the mindset of two, um, like with my dad and stuff as well. Like we connect very well on like that mindset. Right. But Sometimes I have to remember, I'm like, it's okay to, like, take a moment and, like, breathe. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what expectations do you think God puts on you? I, I think he just definitely, I feel like he wants me to use, like, my gifts to serve other people and to love people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So what does it take usually for you to get from what you expect of yourself to what God is expecting of you? You know, to go from, I just need to work really, really hard and don't disappoint anyone to, okay, God just wants me to be using my gifts and I'm doing that and I need to be in him. Like what helps you make that switch? I definitely say just like taking um, intentional time with him. Like I can definitely tell the mm. weeks when like I'm not taking as much intentional time with him or like dive into my Bible or done things like that versus or taking the time to slow down and listen. I, you know, I'm going to talk, talk, talk to our God. And I'm like, okay, it's like slow down, Lauren. <laughs> like, you know, th like this is what I'm saying. And I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. but definitely intentional time. I think it's so important and, you know, we stress it a lot, but um, on your, like on your own too. And, you know, it's not something you have to do like, you know, for like a show or anything, but, you know, just sitting in your room on your bed and just having a good old chat. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. take that time. So how would you say that you hear from God? Because um, I love, as you've talked about, you know, these conversations with, you've had with God, which I think are wonderful. And mm -hmm. I've, I've had my own, but I love the fact that everyone hears from God differently. So how would you describe it whenever you feel like you you are currently or, or you have heard from God? Mm -hmm. um, definitely when I am reading from scripture and journaling, I'm mm -hmm. a big writer. And so I, ha I have to write everything out. My brain's thinking a million times a minute and I have to get <laughs> it on paper. And yeah. it's um, also in a cool way that I can always look back and see like, wow, like God really showed up then or like um, how he worked in my life. And it's just a, like a tangible way to see that. Um, it's also 
awesome too. One of my favorite hobbies is traveling and mm-hmm. hiking and just like being mm-hmm. out in nature and like in his presence and creation is just another way for me to remember it too and just kind of get away from the busyness. Yeah. I think we all could use that more often. Yeah. Absolutely. So how can expectations in your life be a good thing at times? Would you say that they ever can be good in any way? I Everything like in a way can be good. It's just when you go overboard with anything. Like yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to work hard and not wanting to disappoint people. But like when it goes to a point where it's excessive and obsessive and you're to the point where you can't get anything else done because you, you're you only working on the one thing and then you can't stop to like switch over, those type of things is like where it can be bad. But, you know, it's it's good to have like in a way and a goal and to always like want to strive. Like we're always wanting to strive like for the character yeah. of Jesus and like learning different things. Um, yeah, well, and to know what is expected of you is important. Yeah. You know, no one goes to a job. It this yeah. would be a crappy job if you go and they're like, hey, um, this is how much we're going to pay you. This is your office. Okay, bye. Do, yes. But do your job. And they don't tell you what your job is. Like, exactly. That's infuriating. And I think some Christians feel like that's what God has done to them of like, hey, you know, live for me. But okay, bye. And like given no other <laughs> yeah. expect, no other direction and things, which um, is not the case, but can I can see how that can be the case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, yeah, expectations, if they become everything, um, that that can be an idol, you know, or um, that can be too much. And I think for me, like um, expectations cross a line when it crosses into my identity, mm-hmm. you know? So when if my expectation is that I succeed, but then my success becomes my, what makes me good enough, you know, when it crosses into my identity, that is a huge red flag voice for my my mm-hmm. little heart of, yes. oh, I'm working too hard for my salvation that I already have. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone right now who is struggling with um, expectations that other people put on them or that they put on themselves? What kind of um, helpful word would you want to say to them that maybe would have helped you um, when you were wrestling with all that? Um, it kind of goes back to like identity and stuff too. I'm like, it is okay to be who God made you to be and it is okay to rely on him and, you know, maybe like be out of the little box of society. But as, you know, as long as you're like sticking to God and like being in tune with him and intentional with your time with him, um, yeah, it's going to be hard in the moment. And it, you know, you might feel like, you don't fit in or it's okay. But I mean, living as a Christian, you know, it's, it's never said it was going to be easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love your story. Well, I love you, but I love your story because <laughs> I, when you were talking about, you know, all these people expected you to fit this exact mold of mm-hmm. your, you know, your life is successful if you are doing this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And I think we do that to Christians all the time. Yes. Like you are only a good Christian if... if Yes. You look like this in your life. You talk like this. You dress like this. These are your hobbies. This is where you go to church. This is what your weekend looks like. Exactly. Yeah, we're like, you're only a Christian if you do these things. Um, And that's a huge disservice the church has done to the world because we've said, okay, Christians always only look like this. And if you can't look like this, you can't be a Christian. And it's like, what? (laughs) Where is that in the Bible? Like, do you know how different the disciples were? How different their background was? How different all these people were? And yet they could all come together in unity. And so I love your story just because it speaks into that. Just saying, 
you can be a being a Christ follower is different than your hobbies and and where you go to college or if you don't go to college mm-hmm. or all these expectations that we put on in the Christian world that says what makes a good Christian we don't say someone who loves Jesus and wants to follow him and stop there we say that sometimes yes. but then we say and looks like and talks like and has this yes. education level and is this this yes this. it literally anyone can be a Christian yes. anyone can have a personal relationship all, with God all. Yes. All, all of us. Yeah. I know. I just want to like scream it out. Oh my God. I don't know who you are out there, but yes, God <laughs> loves you and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a huge thing that I think the church needs to start yeah. very heavily working <laughs> against that image that we've created for ourselves if you have mm-hmm. to look a certain way. I completely agree. Um, so what would you say to a uh, struggling Christ follower who doesn't fit the mold of what church would want them to look like at this point in time? I just tell them that like you're beautiful, you're loved, you were made in the image of God, like um, your talents and abilities and what you look like or whatever is so special and, you know, just live into that. And, you know, God has called us to like so many different things and so many different spiritual gifts and like you are who you are for a reason and don't ever change that. Yeah, we need so many different things people. I love the example. So I went to Africa in before my senior year of high school and we went to an African church one of the Sundays and it was very different than <laughs> what I've ever experienced in American churches, obviously. Um, but they had so much percut. It was so loud, um, <laughs> so long, like these things that we try and steer away from here. Like that's how they worshiped was in those yes. things. And they used a lot of percussion, which at first, you know, small building, pet jam-packed, loud percussion wasn't exactly great. But I love beats and I love percussion. And they got mm-hmm. so creative with the rhythms and the different drums and all these things. And it was just so beautiful. And I think from that point on, I've had this realization that different cultures is, you know, mm-hmm. where that it started, but is of course gone to every different type of person. It's okay that we're different because in our differences, we're able to more fully glorify God Yes, because God deserves worship and he deserves all the kinds of worship. Yes. And there are so many different kinds. <laughs> and when we all are worshiping God with our unique abilities, gifts, looks, all these things, whatever, um, is when he's actually maybe getting kind of close to the actual praise that he deserves. Yes. You know, whenever we're unified in that. Now, on the flip side, I do believe in a couple key tenets <laughs> that I think every you have to have to be a Christian, such mm-hmm. as Jesus Christ yes. is the son of God, died on the cross and is raised. Outside of that, you know, I'm just thinking of uniqueness. like, you know, yeah. when I'm sitting in worship, like a lot of people think, oh, to be worshiping God, you have to be like hands yeah, raised hands, and holding the TV, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hold, yes, holding the TV, you know, raising them up, which, you know, I, I am that person and that's just how I am. But there might be someone sitting down like a few like rows from me and they're completely quiet with their head bowed and like, like who goes to say that they're not having the same like conversation or like deeply like personal right, relationship in connection with him that I'm having with my arms raised like exactly yes yeah <laughs> it's just, it's just us and our human understanding trying to make things look you know the same you know sameness is the same as closeness you know misinterpreting those two they're not the same thing you know and um you know, I think that's why the Bible talks about unity so much mm-hmm. is because we are so different and it's not about us becoming the same. It's about us being unified. And there's a huge difference in that. And I think for so long, the church is in America, in the mm-hmm. United States, has focused on 
being the same mm-hmm. instead of being unified. Mm-hmm. And I think we can see that all throughout churches currently. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious in, certain, yeah. in various ways. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Any last thoughts or anything last, last that you'd want to share with um, our listeners? I would just say wherever you are at right now, I just challenge you to be like, hey, God, break my expectations Mm. of whatever is going on in life right now. And I'm not just saying it just, you know, just to say it. I want you to firmly believe it. And, you know, that's kind of a hard prayer to say, but it will change your life. And God knows so much better than you. And, you know, maybe he's just waiting for you to like, I imagine like myself, like holding my fist and gripping it. And, you know, you think you have a good grasp, Mm -hmm. but like how much better when you like let your hands go and open your hands and open your hands for him. Uh, So that's a good message for expectations is to open your clenched fists. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, can I pray for you and all our listeners? (laughs) Awesome. Um, Jesus, we just thank you for just who you are. Um, you are good and um, you have so much to teach us and we submit to that, Lord. Um, I thank you for Lauren and her life and her example. I thank you that you made her strong and bold and courageous and that she has been able to step away from the expectations of her life so that now she is able to live far more abundantly and um, creatively and beautifully for you, Father, that she is being exactly who you created her to be. Um, And we praise you for that. And I ask that you just continue to make her path straight and continue to be with her for um, her life as she serves you, Lord. Um, And Jesus, I pray for everyone out there, those listening and those not, that um, you would just plant a seed in their heart that they don't have to look the same, that they don't have to change anything about themselves before you can love them, Lord, that you already do. Um, I just pray that your gospel would be known throughout the world, that people would share you through their life and their words. Um, And Lord, we pray that you just break off expectations, um, that you break off the lie that we have to look the same in order to be close to you and to others, and that the church would be a better job about being unified in differences rather than making everyone conform to the same. Um, Jesus, I just ask that you shape all of our hearts individually and shape our hearts collectively as the church that we may be um, a people after your own heart and that we may look more closely to like what Jesus does, Lord, and what he calls us to. Um, Jesus, we just pause today and just say, have your way. Um, Jesus, we love you. Amen.